Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody? Gibbs here with number 453 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Nine Inch Nails with Pretty Hate Machine. Pretty Hate Machine was the debut album from Nine Inch Nails, which at that time was basically just Trent Reznor, as there wouldn't be any official members added to the group until 2016. Pretty Hate Machine was released October 20th of 1989, recorded May through June of 1989 at Blackwing Studios, Roundhouse Studios in London, The Right Track in Cleveland, Synchro Sound in Boston, Unique Recording Studios in New York City. The genre of the album is industrial dance, synth pop, industrial rock, alternative rock, electronic rock. This was released on the label of TVT. Producers were Trent Reznor himself, Flood, John Fryer, Keith LeBlanc, Adrian Sherwood, which he all idolized. His relationship with TVT Records wouldn't last too long as they tended to feud over the promotion of the album, which led to him signing with Interscope Records at a later time. Pretty Hate Machine consists of 10 tracks, three of them were released as singles, Down In It, Head Like a Hole, and Sin. The music on this album is a very heavily synth-driven electronic sound blended with industrial and rock elements, and lyrically it contains the themes of angst, betrayal, and lovesickness. Those feelings being directed towards lovers, society, or God. He took on religion on quite a few tracks on this album. He also used samples of other work to help create his tracks, as there were samples from Prince, Jane's Addiction, and Public Enemy, Prince's Alphabet Street and Jane's Addiction Had a Dad can be heard on Ring Finger, and other samples were edited and distorted so they would not be recognized on the album, such as the introduction to Kinda I Want To. There is also use of a speech from Midnight Express that was sampled at a very low volume during the pause in Sanctified, Though, if you are listening to the 2010 reissue version of this, this sample will not be present, most likely due to some kind of copyright law. As stated earlier, Trent Reznor was the only member of Nine Inch Nails up until about 2016. Of course, touring, he had other bandmates to accompany him so he could perform these live, but on this album, he did all the work strictly himself, when it came to putting together and using the synthesizers and all the computer and effects and everything, he did that himself, which is just a remarkable talent on his part. For the most part, this album received a very positive review by most people. Even Rolling Stones gave it a pretty positive review, which is kind of different than what we've seen in the past with some of our other albums where maybe initially... Rolling Stones didn't give them the best review, but they did receive a good review from Rolling Stone in, in this album. And the only really negative review from them was done by the New York Times, 
writing that Pretty Hate Machine stays so close to the conventions established by Depeche Mode, Soft Cell, and New Order that it could be a parody album. I, for one, completely disagree with that review, and err more on the side of the good reviews for this album. Commercially, this album peaked at number 75 on the Billboard Top 200, and really gained popularity through word of mouth, and a very developed underground following for Nine Inch Nails. Within two years, the album had sold over 500,000 copies in the U.S., and three years after that, in 1995, it would become one of the first independently released records to obtain the Platinum Certification. Since then, it has gone on to be certified three times Platinum in the United States, Gold in the United Kingdom, and Platinum in Argentina. And although, as I said, the album peaked at number 75 on the Billboard Top 200, it did spend a total of 115 weeks on the Billboard Top 200, which ties their sophomore album, The Downward Spiral, as their longest charting album. This album was so much fun to listen to, I feel, at least for me, as it opens with Head Like a Hole, which was my favorite track coming into this album, and right up there still as I just mainly add the whole album onto my favorite list, I didn't feel like there was a really weak track on this album, but Head Like a Hole just grabs you in and really gives you a new sound, things that you haven't heard before. And I had different feelings about how best to listen to this album, as some of the tracks I felt like really benefits from having headphones, because there's very soft, subtle things that Trent Reznor puts in his songs that otherwise you may not pick up on unless you have basically those in-ear headphones to where you can pick up on a lot of those subtle things. A lot of whispers at times. Times things really get quiet and you don't hear those whispers through certain speakers if it's too loud. But other songs I feel like benefited from maybe being played over a loudspeaker that just helps with the distortion because it just seems like some of the songs are just very loud and that industrial sound and you want that little more distortion to it and so I feel like those benefited more from maybe a loudspeaker as opposed to the headphones that you would need at certain times to pick up on those whispers and subtle little percussion things sometimes or different loops that he would use that mainly just weren't turned up in the main mix but really added a lot to the song. I also liked how sometimes, not all the time, he didn't do it throughout the whole record, but certain tracks would kind of fade into each other as you would have the end beat to another song kind of start the next song, but then it would go in a completely different direction. It didn't keep that same beat throughout the whole thing, so you knew that it was a different track, and... I just felt like he really put this album together really well. Something I could never have is one of those tracks that the previous track, which was Sanctified, faded in 
to something I can never have. And you get that loudness at the end of Sanctified and that note rings out. And then it continues on to something I can never have. And through that, you get this piano part as the loud chord from the previous song rings out and fades away. You get this piano part that emerges and starts this just... It put me in a trance, sort of. It's weird to explain because I was listening to this and... This was definitely a track that I don't know why, but for some reason it just hit me. And it did. It put me in kind of just a little trance for a while and really immersed me into this song. So this was definitely one of my favorite songs on the album just because it had that ability to make me feel something special, I guess. So this is definitely an album that I'm going to have to add to my collection and I will continue to listen to this album as it just really blew me away was really impressive just can't believe this is the debut because it seems like just such a well put together album so it should really come to no surprise that I'm going to leave this one right at 453 for the time being it just really checked all the boxes for me the album cover is cool the music is insanely good. The lyrical content really keeps you wrapped into what he is feeling and what's going through his head at that time. Something I've kind of stepped back from, but this album checks that box too. It sold extremely well throughout the years. It has that historical impact. I mean, when it comes to independent records and it's gained the respect and gained the sales and notoriety that it deserved it's a really great album and definitely belongs at this spot if not higher we'll have to see as we keep going through these you can always give me your opinions and thoughts by emailing me the rolling review at yahoo.com going over to facebook and liking the fan page by searching at the rolling review and there you can see the updated list, stay updated when there's new episodes available. Next time at 452, we have Diana Ross and the Supremes Anthology, which sounds like a greatest hits album, so we'll have to look in that and see where it places. Until next time, I'm Gibbs, this is The Rolling Review, stay safe and be kind.